Welcome back to the Health Mastery Show. Today's guest is Dr. Peter Tierney, who's been on the show before. Peter is a senior research scientist at Lululemon and has previously worked as a sports scientist in professional sports, such as for Leinster Rugby here in Ireland. Today, we touch on all the topics related to wearable devices, such as how to pick a wearable device, what metrics to track, and what to do with that data that wearable devices produce, and much, much more. Before we go into the episode, I quickly want to touch on my health consulting practice. I have opened up a May cohort starting from this week. If you want to increase your performance, both physically and mentally, and improve how you look and feel, please reach out or click the link in the bio or go to healthmastery.co and submit an application and we'll be in touch. But without further ado, let's get into this episode with Dr. Peter Tierney. So what's on the market for 2023? What are the big wearables that everybody's got? Obviously, I have some here for people who see the video, but I think you might have influenced this one. Um, But what are big (laughs) wearables in 2023 that that consumers are using? I almost think the ones that are being used now or like the big ones for 2023 are the ones that um, have been used for the last few years. There may be at newer iterations, but almost the ones that have sort of proven themselves. I think they're the ones that are surviving. So probably like to the example you've shown in the videos, like an aura ring is one that I think has withstanded some, uh, I guess like testing rigor. It's, it's backed up some of the accuracy claims that it has. And and that's been validated through third parties. Um, certainly ones like Garmin for all around, like during exercise and whoop to some degree, I think has like still going to stay and certain elements, I think it's proven its accuracy. So it's still, um, working out. So, and, and then I think like the major ones like Apple watch, um, is, is going to stay because of its accuracy and compatibility. So there's all those different factors, I think in, in like deciding like which one or which ones are going to stay. And you'll probably find that maybe like yourself, there's, there's some people that have multiple wearables. There's probably not one wearable right now that does everything from a health exercise sleep recovery perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would love to get the Apple Watch just for, I think because I'm, I fell into the app, Apple ecosystem in 2019, I bought the Mac and then because I had the Mac in 2020, I bought the iPhone 11. Now I've got two iPhones and I got the AirPods, I got the iPod, iPad and I just haven't got the Apple Watch because I've been a Fitbit, lo- uh, I don't want to say loyalist, I suppose it's probably the wrong word, but um I've been loyal to Fitbit for for years, and I just bought the new. I think it's Versa Five, um, but or Versa Four maybe. But it's just because the the Apple Watch is like I don't know. I think it's like eight hundred like dollars or euros or something equivalent. I just couldn't like I couldn't foresee how I'd pay that much for something that I basically just use for steps. Um, and I know I think this is supposed to do SpO two or oxygen. I don't even know if it does. I haven't figured it out myself. But if someone is on the market for like wearables and most people here would be going to the gym, they're trying to get healthier. How do they even know about what wearables they should be looking at? Yeah, this is like the big question. I think sometimes the, um, the, the default is, oh, you see your friend or somebody or you see an athlete or you see a peer who has a wearable and you just think, oh, well, I mean, if he or she has one, then maybe... I should get one and you sort of get the wearable or the solution before really identifying like what you need it for. Um, some people don't even need it at all. Like that, that's probably the place to start is like, you've got to assume that you don't need a piece of technology and for you to justify, like you said, the price point or like the, the time commitment, um, and the, all those things, you've got to really identify like 
your goals. I think it's the same for any of like, the people who like follow you and, and your clients and everything. They come to you with like a specific purpose. It's like, Adam, I want to lose weight. I want to get stronger, like all of these things. And I'm sure you have a range of those things. Um, and like, really that's the place I think to start for the wearables. And usually the wearables are going to be sort of secondary to a main or major health goal or outcome. Um, but there may be things that can support you uh, as a tool along the way to that goal. Hmm. So what would those kind of buckets be? I do understand what you're saying because people will get something often as like they're, they're using the metrics, I guess it's like a surrogate marker for improvement in health or like fat loss or something like that. So like what kind of metrics would somebody be worth, would be worthwhile tracking if somebody wants to get healthier? Is it that they need to define exactly what they want to be healthier in or what healthier means to them? Yeah, I think so. And like, that's, that's even a difficult task to do in itself. And that's probably why, like, I would always be an advocate of getting a coach for these things or somebody, whether it's a a peer or friend, somebody almost as like an accountability partner and ideally a coach, you can help you um, determine those goals. But let's say, for example, like, I know you've posted and uh, like, you've done a lot of work in like weight loss with clients. So let's say that like somebody approaches you and says, look, Adam, my my goal is um, I want to lose X amount of weight and you, you sort of establish like, yeah, this is what I can support you with. Um, obviously, there are like multiple strategies to support with that end goal. And let's say the goal is one year from now. You might say, okay, there's nutritional aspects, sleep aspects, like behavioral aspects. Um, and then within that, there are there there might be a place for wearables. So like you mentioned, you use your Fitbit predominantly for steps to keep you, I guess, like accountable because a lot of your work might be at a desk or at home. So that will be a way of like determining and, and associating the technology capability to like a goal that you have and something that keeps you accountable. Um, so that'd be one example. And I think like the other one, which I hear like very often, a lot of people contact me about is like, look, I feel like I'm, I'm low on energy or I'm not sleeping as well as I could. Um, and that's one I think that has come, whether it's through like an awareness or like a hyper awareness of people talking about sleep now. Um, we've probably gone from like one, end of the spectrum in the health world to like saying oh like operate on four hours sleep to like almost the the other end of saying like everything is about sleep there's probably again some like middle ground of having the understanding of the importance but not becoming anxious about not achieving it yet um but i think that's an example where people say oh I, i don't i feel tired during the day i'm not sleeping well and that's where maybe wearable can help um with like identifying some of your sleep patterns um like how your recovery is overnight but the more important thing linked to that is like the behaviors that contribute to sleep. Mm. So if somebody was considering buying, like, should I get a whoop or should I get an O ring or should I get the Apple watch? The first thing you would uh, reflect back to them would be like, what are you trying to achieve? Um, yeah, be what, what do you need it for? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think maybe a lot of times it's just because it's like, like you said, their friend is doing it or it looks cool. Um, yeah. So what if it was like for general health or for, for weight loss, would there be something specific? Um, and, and I guess general health would probably come down to, like you said, better pr- improvement of, of sleep or improved HRV score perhaps? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if, it's, if it is for general health, it's probably like there's a follow-up question there to say, okay, well, like there's probably a lot of people that um, I want to get healthier as a broad term and, you know, maybe their sleep is okay. And they don't need to worry about that. And having a wearable that sort of highlights their sleep might cause a problem, even though there is none there. 
So even like I said, a follow-up question I would have would be, okay, if you want to get healthier, is that is that sleeping better or more? Is that improving your activity levels? Um, is that improving your diet? Is that um, disconnecting from technology? Like that could be one of the things that mm. might make you healthier. But um, I feel like, yeah, there's, like I, I kind of alluded to at the start, there's, there's probably some of the wearables, that, like there's some of them that don't do, they do things specifically well. So for example, like I think, and I shared some of these graphics out, like, a chest strap um, to measure heart rate is like the most accurate uh, tool that you really can use um, like on the market um, to, to monitor heart rate during exercise. It doesn't record sleep, it doesn't record steps, and it doesn't do a lot of those things, but it does that very specific thing well. I think even the example that like I wear an aura ring at night, I don't wear it during the day because I don't get any value from what it has during the daytime for me personally, um, but I think it does the sleep um, and overnight physiology measures quite well and accurately and reliably. So. There, you know, that's a combination of two wearables that you could wear an aura ring at night and wear a heart rate strap during activity. And if your goal is to become healthier, you have a measure of your sleep and you have a measure of your heart rate during activity as well. Gosh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't know you didn't have to wear the aura ring during the day. And um, to be honest, I don't really use the data that it, it gives. I've recently only signed up to the subscription because if you with this new model they have, if you don't have the subscription, it's kind of useless, which is a bit annoying. Um, considering yeah, I'm, cost, I'm one like, of the treated. one of the lucky ones that um, I, like I got it a couple of years ago, so it was, um, I don't have to pay the subscription now because it was like an early adopter, so to speak. Oh, wow. um, but yeah, mine sits on my in my in my bathroom, so it sits on the or beside my table. I just put it on yeah. at night and then take it off in the morning, sink it, and then that's yeah. That's it, it's not ideal to wear during the day because it scuffed a bit because I was like, oh, okay, I'll wear it in the gym. And then like, as soon as it hits like a metal weight, it's just, it's scratched. I don't care too much, yeah. but like, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a scratch. I wouldn't be able to like resell this if I wanted to, you know, um, yeah. Yeah. it's because it's just wrecked. Um, but I think you made a good point when it came to like, what are you trying to achieve specifically? I, I guess this would be the same with anything. Like when someone says I'm doing intermittent fasting or I'm doing ice baths or, I'm starting the sauna um, like to improve my health, but like they don't really know what that means. Kind of like saying I'm doing flyers to improve my business. Like what, what are you trying to improve? Well, probably means like sales, but like, cause you know the metric and you try, you, you like test it, see if it's working or something like that, rather than just like, Oh, because this improves health. It's like what marker of health? Like it's such a broad term. Is it mental yeah. health? Is it like emotional health? Is it physical health? Yeah. What, what elements of that? Um, so I, I think it's probably not a new phenomenon that people just do stuff because they think it like will prove health or fitness, but they don't really know what they're trying to improve. And we, we did talk a little bit um, before the, we start recording about the infrared stuff or the, the red light therapy. And I, we'll probably come back onto that, but like I, I know of a lot of people who use that to improve information, but like what they're not even tracking the markers of information that they're trying to improve. They don't even know what markers of information they're trying to improve. They just think inflammation is bad and chronic obviously can be. Um, does, is, is there any point where like all this tracking and different wearables can lead to like overkill? Definitely. Um, there, there are some like emerging evidence that is suggesting, yeah, like it can cause like particularly like sleep anxiety. Like if, if, you wake up in the morning feeling you know, refreshed and you've had a normal for you amount of sleep. Um, 
and then you look at a wearable and the score can actually have a negative impact on like your energy levels and and how tired you feel so it definitely can and and like over tracking can definitely be a thing like I'm in a position where like you know I, I do wear some wearables and I but I test them and to be honest like sometimes it's for like understanding because I get a lot of these questions from people I'm like okay like if I can have some use like user experience with the product and the software as well I, I can maybe answer some of these questions like we're discussing like with a little bit more nuance and detail but like there's a lot of things that I don't look at in wearables and I think I even when I was thinking before this chat, when I was sitting down with you, I think I wrote down like, you know, Aura has, I think at least um, 15 or 16 metrics that it, that it spits out. And actually more if you, if you go onto the online platform, but I look at five, maybe six of those. Um, so it, like, it definitely is like, there's an onus on like a number of different people in terms of like this overkill or like anxiety, like one is on, I think like practitioners and people in this space who are knowledgeable in there to share this out to say like, look, there are certain things that you need to focus on within the context of your goals. And there's also an onus on the individual themselves to help identify what those are and make sure that they're not, you know, getting distracted by all these other variables. But there's also a massive onus on the companies. Um, and that's the difficult one because I understand, like, I understand it from a wearable point of view as well is that they're trying to convince you that their wearable is better than somebody else's. And then they're going to do that through maybe it's cost. Maybe it's um, like the number of metrics available. Um, maybe it's accuracy. Maybe it's user interface. There's like so many different factors that go into it. But for me personally, I would rather a wearable does, you know, one thing or two things or three things really well than try to do multiple things and, and almost like not succeed at any of them. Um, so I think I've probably got a long way around from your question. I'm like even like distracting myself, but there are some of the points that I consider and like the responsibility is on like multiple people. It's not just on like the company. It's not just on the individual or the coach. I think it's like an element of all of those. And even like you have uh, like a great platform to share. And like, I think having this conversation is good because hopefully then some people listen to this and they're saying like, okay, like, I have gotten a little bit anxious about my sleep, but maybe if I just focus on the things that are accurate and the things that I can control, well, then maybe that has like a more positive outcome in the long run for them. Yeah, that that makes total sense. I didn't know there was research on the the kind of sleep uh, anxiety with wearables. I definitely know there is with like macro tracking. Um, I personally, uh, you, you always hear coaches and people online say like, oh, track your macro with my fitness spot. It's so easy. It technically is easy to, to do it, but when it's constantly on your mind or like it's you're always reminded of it, um, it can be just like a little bit stressful. I, I personally find it kind of stressful. So I can imagine when you're tracking all these variables that it can it can lead to what, what I looked up was like health anxiety. But I think it's called actually like uh, is it hypochondria, perhaps. I think that's what they used to call it. Um, where it's like you have like health anxiety essentially and or the era of like we're kind of sometimes in the era of the worried well where like people are so like we're so well off in the western world at least that we have these problems now that we're like actually worried about like optimizing like longevity right that's a huge topic right now it's like i don't know if you saw the guy brian johnson it's not the liver king but he's also called brian johnson he's he's a ceo he founded a company called braintree and sold it and now he's trying to like reverse his aging, right? They're using oh, some sort of, 
I, I yeah, don't I buy into this, these yeah. reverse aging <laughs> tests. They, they use something called DNA methylation as the marker for like aging, right? But like, and David Sinclair, who's a, I think he's Harvard, uh, David Sinclair is a Harvard uh, professor. He wrote a book called, I think it's called, I don't know, I can't remember, I can't remember the name, Outlive or something like that. Anyway, it's about like, um, our lifespan, it's called. It's about living longer and like using NAD plus supplements, et cetera. But it's, it's like people when they're like 20s and 30s, like trying to like maximize their longevity. But sometimes like these stressors can actually perhaps have the inverse effect because they're causing you more stress and stress is correlated with like poor health. So I've definitely experienced that um, with some clients who are like trying to get a score or like trying to get a certain amount of hours sleep and like worried about that, even though they feel fine. The same goes for like, you know, being this half bionic human where you're trying to like always just use my fitness pal to track your food. But yet we have these two really amazing internal cues called hunger and satiety that have regulated our body weights for millions or hundreds of thousands of years. So I think that's where I think it can fall. You can fall off a bit. It's like, you know, if you're not tired, then that you, you don't have to, to look at an app to tell you that you're not tired. You know, um, I've, I've also found, and I wonder what your thoughts are on this was like, some people using it to say like, okay, you buy an aura ring, but then, and as a scientist, you would, you've experienced this question is like, oh, I'm going to take, I'm, I'm going to use an aura ring to see like how this affects me or this food, like, or whatever I'm doing. But like, there's so many confounders that like this N equals one experiment is like, it's like a shot in the dark. What are your thoughts? It's, it's, re- it's really interesting to say, and I'll go back to the, even in my fitness pal example as well, but, um, I hear this like all the time. This happens with athletes as well. Um, and like high level athletes, but it happens to general population. And for example, people might exercise or, or train, um, say for example, six days a week. So Monday through Saturday, they do some form of aerobic resistance training, whatever that might be team sport. And then on Sunday they have like a rest day a recovery day. Um, and on the recovery day, they obviously don't exercise, you know, there's some level of walking around or socializing, whatever people do on those recovery days. But they also add in, um, like, for example, an ice bath, a sauna, foam rolling, um, like whatever supplements, they maybe shift their diet for that day, all of these like different things. And then the next morning, for example, they wake up and they feel amazing. They feel like refreshed, more refreshed than they have for the whole week. And they've slept better. And their resting heart rate is lower. Their sleep score from whatever wearable is higher. And then they attribute that to, um, oh, I did like an ice bath yesterday or I sat in the sauna for 20 minutes. And like now, oh, I have data to support that. Um, That's impacting my recovery. And like my challenge to that is always like, well, how do you know you wouldn't have had that recovery if you just did nothing? Like that's, you know, sometimes time is the best, is the thing that you need most or doing nothing is actually the best thing for recovery. That's not always the case in elite athletes where you have like quicker turnarounds between competitions and races. Um, but yeah, it's almost like throwing many things at the wall and hoping, you know, something sticks and then having this sort of like justification for it the following day. So I'd always take like a bit more of like a minimalist approach with that and say like, look, if you have a recovery day, like just do nothing. And then, you know, if that has a, if if you feel uh, much better the next day, well, then brilliant. Just do nothing on your recovery day. If you still maybe have a little bit of fatigue or a little bit of soreness, well, then try adding one thing. That might be a 
foam rolling or stretching or whatever yoga and then you know at least if that has a significant change from doing nothing well then you know okay like that probably has some sort of effect and then maybe layer on more and more but I'd always start with like less um, would be my mm. sort of like approach to but interestingly on the my fitness path thing it's I, I don't use it at all um I use it like maybe once every few months as almost just like a check-in to say like oh like just make want to make sure like my sort of normal diet is, is achieving you know like protein levels that I should be at and like rough a calorie estimate and then I do that like maybe one or two days and I'm like okay I have a pretty good idea of based on my activity levels and and like training days what I should be eating um I think similar concept in wearables but maybe slightly different is that um I think people get like because they're continuous tracking and they're relatively non-invasive for the most part like you can wear an aura ring at night you don't have to like do anything apart from put it on um but people get caught up and lost in like the day-to-day variation. And I always tell people just to like zoom out a little bit. So the, the example I think you mentioned earlier on was like sleep. It's like, oh, I had like six hours sleep last night instead of seven or 6.29 instead of 6.30. I'm like losing sleep. And then I always say, well, like zoom out. Like what, what have you, what's your average sleep for this week so far? And they're like, oh, well, it's like seven hours. I'm like, well, then like, okay, amazing. What's it for the month? It's like, oh, it's seven hours. I'm like, what is it for the year? It's still seven hours. I'm like, okay, so one bad night's sleep is probably not going to have this like detrimental effect. So like, don't worry about it. Just continue on your day as normal. And then like the next night of sleep, you'll you'll make up for it. Your average is, or your normal is still within that range. So that's how they approach like with a lot of these, like the wearable companies, I guess, are focusing on, like the recovery scores and the day-to-day variation because it keeps people engaged with like the app and thinking about it but i always say like they're useful but just like zoom out a little bit yeah no i think like everybody in school should have to do like some level of science where there's like a class on context a class on like what an rct is and why confounding variables affect outcomes because i the same thing nothing to do with wearables but i speak to some clients and say oh uh, I've had really bad shoulder pain today or like digestion was terrible yesterday. And they're like, what should we do? It's like, well, what, what was it like the day before? It's fine. Say, so, yeah, well, let's wait till tomorrow and see what it's like then, you know? And if it's still, if it's a consistent problem, then do something rather than just by like chance or by some, some sort of change that we may not understand, but we don't need to understand. We don't need to start poking around with it. Um, so that's, I think that's really important that like people are like not just trying to pick out one day of data points or one data set and a point out of one day out of a data set and try and you know changing as a data scientist right you'll deal with these all the time and you remove outliers right from your data like extreme outliers you'll like remove them from the data uh, sets and look at trends i guess over time right yeah yeah for sure yeah it's like getting caught up in those like just extreme examples or points it's like even the alcohol like is is a key one that like obviously people in wearables and stuff speak to and it's like oh like i want to completely avoid alcohol because it's like one time when i drank far too much i had this like low recovery score or something it's like okay well like i know alcohol is like a negative and i'm certainly not like proposing that people are drinking alcohol but there's like you can still have a a glass of wine with your dinner and be healthy and live uh like a strong, a long and strong, like lifespan and health span. And you can still wake up the next morning ready to exercise and, and to perform well. And so I think, yeah, like it's another one of those extreme examples where people anchor. And it, it is sort of like that element of, oh, I'm controlling these things. So I feel like they're having an impact. I, mean, I asked this question, it's like sort of related to this, I guess, but 
I asked before on Instagram, I said, um, what are the things that you do that you um, know are better for you um, that but you don't feel a difference? And, and I also asked the opposite of that question, but it's really interesting to hear people say, you know, like, oh, like there's a couple of supplements that I take that I don't really feel any different, but I know that like the evidence is supporting them. Um, and then on the flip side, it was like, yeah, I asked, um, you know, what are the things that you do that feel great, but you know, are good for you. And then the example is like, oh, maybe like alcohol or doing this kind of thing. So it's just interesting to get people to think about those things. But th sorry, the reason I bring it up for this conversation or wearables is that often people assume or have this desire that the wearable score or the objective measure of sleep or resting heart rate is perfectly correlated to your subjective feel mm. and your and how you perceive your soreness or your your sleep but to me that's not the case that's not the intention of what a wearable is the intention is for the most part they might correlate um but the days that they don't that's when you have to like ask yourself a question it's like and the, the example i use in this is like an easy one for me but is like a respiratory rate or breathing rate on wearables and this, like, this is one of the things where Whoop and Aura and other ones have helped, um, like, identify, for example, COVID nineteen or other like flu or cold symptoms before, sorry, before symptoms um, onset. Um, so the example there is that I might wake up tomorrow morning and I feel perfect, like I actually, I'm like going to go to work or I'm going to run and go to the gym. Um, I look at my wearable and like my recovery score is down by whatever points, but. I look, I don't really look at the recovery score, so that's a separate conversation, but um, I look at like my respiratory rate and that's elevated by like, you know, way outside of my normal range. And the purpose there for me for the wearable is to flag something that I'm not perceiving. Um, or if I wake up and the same thing goes for like an elevated resting heart rate, like I might feel well rested in the morning, but I look at it and say, oh, like, what was that from? And with breathing rate, it might be an illness with um, elevated heart rate when I'm not drinking alcohol, that might be like, flu or I ate something that doesn't agree with me. So then I would adjust um, potentially some training or try to reduce a little bit of stress the next day. Mm. Yeah, I think that's the, probably the, the correct way to use them. But I have a feeling that most people don't use them that way because they probably don't even manage their training load or whatever kind of stressor loads. They're not, you kind of almost have to quantify them, not necessarily like very precisely, but you need to have some form of being able to increase or decrease them if you're going to be using your your stress or your or your recovery as a some sort of lever to, to change the others um yeah. and, and often like i even if it is 